This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold podcast. Chris and Alan will be sharing unique and raw insight on what it takes to succeed. Both hosts are authors and businessmen and have been mentoring and consulting for their clients for over 50 years with their combined knowledge. So without further ado, we have an exciting show for you today. Let's get started. Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie with Think Bold, Be Bold podcast, unique and raw insight on what it takes to succeed. Alan, are you there? I am, Chris. How are you today? Well, I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, super excited. You know, I was, <laughs> I'm so super excited about this um, this particular podcast. Uh, not only for the gentleman, uh, you know, coming on, which is dynamic, but you know, this is really just feels like we've been doing this a long time, and probably I have been in my mind. And uh, you know, now it's here, and I know that everybody on this call today gets that. And you know, the audience. We'll elaborate a little bit on that when it's in your thoughts and it translates into paper and then you go take the action. You know, that's how things happen. So, you know, Alan, who do we got in the house tonight? Oh, boy. You know what? Uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, uh, amazing intro. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we're very fortunate. This this show and the guests uh, were c- kind of on fire. And I'd like to say it's by design, and I think that it is. You put that out in the ether, and you, and you live your life that way, and your business that way, and all of a sudden things start showing up. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, special day for me personally with our particular guest. Uh, this gentleman is uh, from my backyard, and uh, we're both about the same age, but uh He's uh, a little bit more athletic than I am. Well, let's just be real. He's a lot more athletic than I am. <laughs> he's a uh, he's an original Oregon Duck, which I just think's fantastic. Uh, his name J.J. Burden. Welcome, J.J. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. What's up, Alan and Christopher? It's great to be on the show. Oh, I yeah I. I'm excited that you're here. Uh, for those that don't know you, and I can't imagine anybody that doesn't know you, but uh, your whole tenure is in uh, professional football. But prior to that, uh, in, in the college scene, you were um, a track and field uh, star. Thought maybe that might be your your avenue, and then things turned, and then you got into football and Olympic trials, and think one thing led to another, and. You were drafted eighth round in 88 to the Cleveland Browns. That's great. And I just have to say, you are the first pro football player I've had the privilege to chat with. So I'm just really honored today to have you on the show. And I'm excited to hear about uh, what you're going to be able to pass on to our listeners and to your family and to our combined family. So welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'm excited. It's good to make the connection with you and Christopher. You guys are doing some great things. You're spreading some great messages, and it's nice to be a part of it. Well, I certainly got chills because, you know, I love the NFL. Uh, In Canada, we don't have an NFL team. So, you know, the closest I had was Buffalo. 
Um, you know, I just couldn't rally behind the Buffalo Bills. I'm sorry. I love I love the guys on the team, um, but just something about Buffalo just didn't ring true. So, you know, I became uh, originally a Chicago Bears fan. Uh, you know, the Fridge Perry when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that <laughs> that was some real football. And, you know, that, that, that just the game was, you know, somewhat different, but real, real the same. Uh, when it came to, you know, the guys playing the game. And, and I think that's what carries through today. And, you know, JJ, love to get your insight, you know, from being in the NFL and, you know, something that, you know, I know you, um, uh, you know, you, you were met with some adversity through it. You persevered. Uh, you had some great stats and some things that, you know, just showed up for you. And, and you know, maybe you can share a little bit about that and then we can get into what you're doing today. But I think, uh, you know, the audience would really love to hear um, you know what it's like to be an NFL player in one of the world's biggest games, and you know, listen, sir, I salute you for that because uh, <laughs> you know, seeing these guys on TV get beat up like you guys did, man, it's just uh, wow. I, 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 I'm humbled to be on uh, a call with you. Yeah, well, thank you. I tell you, it's it's an interesting career, you know. And now at the age of fifty, I look back and I'm thinking, did I really used to do that? You know, <laughs> uh, but at the time, you know, that was that was the opportunity I, I went after, and and I wasn't. It was never my goal to play in the NFL. I was a track guy. I just wanted to get to Oregon, graduate, see if I could make the Olympic trials, and. Because everyone said I was too small to play in college, I just said, okay, I'll show you guys. I'm going to prove you wrong. And when I was being recruited in track, Oregon was the only Division I school that didn't balk at the idea of allowing me to walk on at some point. And so Oregon said, you run track the first year. We'll see if we can give you a chance to walk on the second year. And and that's all, all I wanted, just an opportunity. So I I begged Rich Brooks, the coach at the time, give me a shot. Please just give me a shot. And I think he just got tired of me and felt sorry for me. But he, he let me walk on. And one day I was 15th on the depth chart. Two weeks later, I was number two. And um, made the team and not a big deal. Just happy to be there. And then all of a sudden I got drafted. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? I don't belong in the NFL. And um, but it just, you know, I, I got an injured, I got injured in track, a knee injury, and that's really why I started playing the NFL because I couldn't run track. And so, um, but it was exciting. I have no regrets. I learned a lot. I got to play with and against some of the greatest athletes to ever play the game, and and you definitely get to see why they are professional athletes. Absolutely, and uh, you you certainly had to play uh, play a good game yourself. Um, you know, in, 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 in that type of environment, um, when you're, you know, in, in, in the realm of greatness and, um, you know, these guys, uh, uh, you know, just, I, I salute everybody in, in pro sports, just what it takes mentally. Um, you know, can you share what, it, you know, the mental attribute, because obviously you're a great athlete. I mean, you know, there's no doubt you're fast, you, you proved everybody wrong by going out there and having that, you know, attitude. What, what was that attitude like? What, like, you know, you, you just wanted to prove everybody wrong, but, and you did, but what kind of mental capacity, you know, did that take? Yeah. And that's the key, Christopher, because when I got to the NFL, I quickly realized that everybody's fast, everyone's big, everyone's gifted athletically, but it's the mental part of the game that separates the pros, the players, the starters. And, 
That first year I was on Cleveland Browns injured reserve because I had a knee injury, but that kind of was a blessing in disguise because I didn't have to worry about the pressures that a lot of players had. I just had to get healthy and learn the system, but I realized going to that second year was about being mentally tough, mentally pushing yourself every single day and being able to perform at the highest level. When your body's hurt, when you're dealing with injuries, when you're competing with all these different guys and you've got elements at times you can't control. This coach likes you. This coach doesn't like you. You make too much money. You don't make enough money. This guy's drafted. What I realize is that you just got to go out there, do your job, don't upset anyone, and just kind of let the chips fall where they may. Well said. Sweet. I mean, I... What was it like? We, you know, we talk about you know everything. Everything's a uh, this kind of a you know football is a team sport, and there's so much individuality. Uh, did I say that right? Individuality uh, <laughs> in the in the whole program. How did it feel to really work with uh, a team at that level? That was the beauty of that because in track, it's more individual. I mean, we won the track championship in Oregon, but it's really you versus the guy next over, you know, the guy you're running against and competing. In football, it is really more of a team sport, but everybody has to do their part for the team to win. And, and I really gained a, a high appreciation for that because with 11 guys on the field, each one of those guys has a specific assignment. And each guy has to put in the time to prepare and study and know what to do. Because out of all those 11 guys, if one guy messes up, it hurts the team. It hurts our ability to win. And you, you gain a high appreciation for that. And you made sure every Sunday you were ready to do your part. You, you showed up, huh? You, you showed <laughs> and I guess up your teammates that. know if you don't show up, too. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That's one of the parts of the NFL, I like to say, was the most pressure packed. Because the eye in the sky does not lie. They're, they film everything, right. practice, drills, and games. And, and the day after, when you watch the game film with the owners, the president, the coaches, and all your teammates, everybody sees the mistakes you make. And they also see the, the, you know, the, the positive things, too. But I tell you, those times when you drop a pass, oh, my goodness, you're just like, please go to the next play. Please go to the next play. <laughs> Yeah, I can see the you know how that can be uh, definitely some uh, some mental pressure, um, you know not only the physicality of uh, you know playing football, but knowing that you know you had to show up and and uh, not only that you had to own up uh, <laughs> to to the things that happened during the game, especially in that. Uh, and I didn't know that. I didn't know you guys got together, uh, you know, in, in that kind of environment. Which you know again, it's like sitting with the uh, well, you said it, you know, the president, the owner, and uh, they're looking at you by saying hey listen you better show up or or, or you better get out one of the other you know one That's of the a other level of accountability that uh it, it, you know most people don't ever experience yeah and it's interesting too guys because you might have 80 offensive plays and they evaluate you on every single play you got like a grading sheet and if we won the game the mistakes aren't really emphasized as much but if we lost, oh my goodness, you can make one or two mistakes. I don't think those are the ones. Those are mine. Sure, sure. Now, now, JJ, you know, we're going to move on to some really cool things you're working on. But, you know, what can you share with everybody 
about you know something you know really positive that you the number one thing that you got from being in the NFL I think the number one thing was really just you know um, the experiences and learning from those experiences and learning from other so many great people I mean I was exposed to some of the most impressive athletes worldwide whether they were coaches or uh, various athletes I mean for instance I got to play with Joe Montana I mean one of the greatest yeah. quarterbacks to ever play the game and you know, it was interesting because I watched him when I was in the eighth grade. Right. And he was throwing touchdown passes and Super Bowls for the 49ers. And then all of a sudden, I'm in the huddle with Joe. And um, that took a little time for me to get over. But the fact that I got to spend two years with him, I tell you, Alan and Christopher, I picked his brain. I learned from him. I watched him because I said, you know, here's one of the greatest athletes that's ever played the game. What can I learn from him? And so... Um, I learned a great deal, and, and some of the things I learned, I was able to apply then and also apply now. Amazing. I'd love to just catch one of his you know, footballs. I'm sure it's like a bullet. Moving on, and, 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 and certainly uh, you know, I can talk all day football, uh, you know, again, but you've gone on to do some really incredible things. And you know, listen, folks. America's number one opportunity trainer is J.J. Burden. J.J., you know, tell everybody what that means. That means basically I am qualified to teach and train people on how to seize and maximize opportunities in life. And when I say opportunities, it could be anything that you value, that's important to you, that you want. In my life, that's kind of the roadmap I've walked opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and and as I kind of reviewed that that life's course I felt you know what I want to be able to create something maybe a blueprint for success to help others seize those opportunities that come their way well you know talking a blueprint you know you just wrote a book um, you know for those uh, who don't know that when opportunity knocks eight surefire ways to take advantage you know what a great title first of all um, you know, tell everybody about uh, about your book. Yeah, it's something I'm really excited about because I I knew I'd write a book someday. I, I, I thought about it when I was in the NFL because I realized that at 5'10", 157 pounds, I was very <laughs> unique in the big man's game. So, um, but it's just taken me some time to kind of, you know, evolve the message and, and we finally got it. But basically, I wrote it for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are where you're from, you know, man, woman, young, old, because we all want something in life. We all strive to achieve something. And, and I got tired of hearing all these stories of people who missed out on opportunities or the woulda, coulda, shoulda. So with my new book, I wanted to inspire them, but also give them directions and say, hey, if you want the opportunity, this is what you have to do. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to show you from example what I did to achieve mine. So um, I think we accomplished it. I, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I, I got a question for you, JJ. As you're working with, with all these people and all the different personalities and the generations and the ethnicities and uh, the, the professional and the non-professional acumens and, and all the recipe that that makes – What's the one aha moment that you got from one of your clients that just absolutely surprised you? 
Well, I think, you know, it was probably more, do they really, really want it? You know, because I met so many people over the years who said, I want this and I want that. And they had the skills, they had the abilities, but at the core, did they really want it? Because I learned that if a person really wants something, the process to get there is not a challenge. Right. And just through my experiences, it was interesting to meet people that they had all the potential in the world, but at the core of the matter, they didn't really want it. Right. And as a result, they weren't willing to do the activity necessary. But then when you meet those persons, that those individuals that they want it, and they live and breathe, and you can tell it, it's a pleasure to just direct them and nudge them a little bit and get them on their way. Yeah, that's cool. What a great feeling. It's almost like I call it the light bulb moment. When you see those people, they just they, they, they can't wait to just launch. And, and it doesn't matter where they live or their environment. They're going to take that knowledge and that experience and that power and that movement, and they're going to apply it, and they're going to live their life to that next level or those next levels. And, and that's great to see. Yeah, and, and I think what you said is important because you said, you know, whether it's you know, ethnicity or, you know, our, our financial situation or whatever, because I was raised in Northeast Portland, you know, in an environment that, you know, we were, we, we just barely got by. My mom dropped out of high school her junior year. She worked really hard to take care of us. But when I looked around those around me in my neighborhoods and my families, you know, they chose to stay in that cycle. They had the ability but they chose to just stay in that cycle. In a very young age, I said, you know what? I'm going to break the cycle. I'm going to do something else. And that was kind of the, the beginning of my road to success. That was the passion was to break that cycle. That's hard it. to teach, isn't it? Absolutely. It's hard to teach that desire. You almost have to find it and then nurture it. Cool. Absolutely. That's and I think that's true. And I think for me, I had an advantage because of being so small. When everyone kept saying you can't, and that you kind of was my, yeah. my competitive edge because I took that negative view and I used this positive <laughs> energy. I, I love it. I, I, I love it. And it, you know, it reminds me of so many things that, you know, in my life when someone told me I couldn't do something, um, you know, in fact, uh, you know, just in my later years, uh, I had a really close friend tell me, um, you know, that, uh, uh, I wouldn't be able to uh, to write a book, and um, you know that that book wouldn't really do anything for me. But oh. uh, here I am sitting today, you know, talking uh, to uh, you know greatness, and and I mean that with all you know uh, all, all my heart. Um, you know, listen, let's get back to your book because you know I I had the chance to read it, and uh, you know I, I'm I'm going to get uh, Alan to uh, to finish uh, you know the book as well. Um, but silence the doubters, man. My favorite chapter. You put a quote in here. You can't let everyday life and obstacles stop you from achieving your goals. And see, I can relate to that because, again, like you just mentioned, when you hear no, that was your fuel. And especially when you knew you wanted something. And that's what got you going even further and further. In fact, you probably surprised yourself through that. Because you had to dig deep. And, you know, I was a wrestler for a lot of years. Um, you know, when it came to being on the mat, you know, it, it was individual. And, you know, when you're on your back, which that's not where you want to be, um, you know, when you're a wrestler, you know, you had to get back up. And, you know, I equate that same, you know, philosophy to life is that when you get pushed on your back, you know, your ability to get up is just as impressive than winning or, you know, uh, you know winning the match 
or you know success because in my mind there's no failures maybe some setbacks in life but everything's either a learning or an accomplishment and you know I always looked at it that way and I love your chapter because it really resonated with the things that I had to go through you know and and dream reach season achieve listen I want you to talk to us about your book because it is a great book and I want people you know that are listening today to grab the book they need to know where to grab the book so I want you to share that but you know, tell us about the book and just, you know, your journey through it. And better yet, tell me your favorite chapter. <laughs> well, the book definitely was a journey because uh, I've never written a book and it seemed like a daunting task. But I think one of the smarter things I did was I connected with a, a leadership trainer, uh, Dr. Will Moreland, who's written multiple, multiple books. And I went to a seminar to hear him two years ago. Reluctantly, one of my buddies said, you got to go hear this guy. And I was like, okay, right, whatever. And the time I sat there and I listened to him, I said, that's the guy that's going to mentor me to finally accomplish this goal and to write my book. And, and that was the beginning of the journey. And it was a learning process because I didn't really know what to do. And, you know, we went through a couple different drafts. And, and I remember that second draft, I was feeling pretty good. And I said, here you go, Dr. Will. And he goes, okay, this is great, but you got to go deeper. You know, take those stories and go deeper and connect them to lessons. And it was about the fourth draft where I finally started figuring it out. And, and the beauty of it was, is, you know, taking something that you thought was almost impossible and making it possible and then feeling good about the finished product. And, and I'm, I'm proud of it because I wrote it. There was no ghost writer. You know, right. I wrote it. And right. each chapter, selecting each chapter from number one, which is actually my favorite chapter because that's the beginning of it all. And I, and I titled it, What's Your Passion? And I also say, you know, you could say, what excites you, what motivates you? Because I think that's the beginning of success. What it is, what is it that drives you? What is it that you want? What just gets you fired up, you jump out of the bed, and you go, go, go? Because again, if the passion's not strong enough, you're not going to do it. You're not going to deal with those sacrifices or those obstacles. But if it is, you're going to run through a brick wall to get it done. So that, that definitely is my favorite. But it was really cool kind of picking all the chapters. And I'll tell you guys, we eliminated and, and a lot of other content on purpose. So it was, I had, like about, I had like about 18 chapters. And it was like, who's going to make the cut? Right. You know, you're, you're, who's going to make the cut? And we ended up with those eight. It's your time to make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> instead, of, uh, instead of being cut, right? Yeah. Hey, I hear book two in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Making the cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. Now, you know, I, I really enjoyed the book and, you know, for everybody listening and, and, you know, either you're on now or you're going to listen to the future uh, podcast, I, you know, pick up the book. It's so worth it. Um, I have a signed copy. I'm so excited uh, when I got it in the mail and I, and I had the chance and, you know, I read it on the beach, one of my favorite places to kind of hang out and, and, and learn. And I learned a ton, you know, I learned um, that, you know, essentially uh, as JJ uh, and you express uh, explicitly, you know, some of the things that you had to go through uh, in your life and uh, not only in your professional life, but you, you have an interesting family. And, um, you know, can you, can you share a little bit about that? Because, I, I mean, you write about it, and, man, that's what hit my heart. And I, I can tell you it sends shields down me right now knowing that, you know, you're an amazing man and you did some extraordinary things. And I, and I think that's worth everybody hearing 
um, because, you know, we don't necessarily hear that all the time about, you know, people's real lives. And this is real. This is more real than anything that you do. Um, you know, this is your family. And, you know, maybe if you don't mind, um, you know, share a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so, yeah, I've been married 25 years now to my college sweetheart, Raina, and we have three biological children, um, LeJordan Jr., Dante, and Camille. And about seven years ago, I unexpectedly received a call from my nieces and nephews in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, some issues, some things going on, and enough to get me to fly out there. So I flew out there two days later, and I quickly learned that things were a lot worse. Uh, there were five of them, and, and I slowly started kind of investigating and Make a long story short, 24 hours later, I was in a courthouse with all five of the children and a judge looking at me saying, hey, Mr. Burning, your five nieces and nephews are going to be placed in separate foster homes. You're the next of kin. What do you want to do? And you talk about a moment of truth. Uh, that was definitely it. But I did the smart thing. I said, hey, judge, hold up. Let me call my wife. <laughs> so we had, we had a quick conversation and we both agreed, let's let's take the children and seven years later here we are we, we took all five of the children our family expanded from five to ten and and what's amazing about that whole experience was I was really surprised how some people reacted some close to me were were supportive but a lot of people said why would you do that you know that why that's that's crazy but see my wife and Irena we saw this as an opportunity to impact five more lives. Beautiful. And we welcomed it. And yeah, it was challenging and obviously to bring on five more mouths, you know, but together as a family, we made it work and um, we have no regrets whatsoever. Well, you have a good looking crew. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's fantastic, JJ. You know, most people wouldn't don't commit, you know, to their own family as much as as much as maybe they should. And you're committing to uh, others extended family but doing it you know through the heart and through the real reason the real transparency um, behind it and you know I acknowledge you for that and I think the the listeners are, are authentically going to acknowledge you for that and that kind of um, that kind of sacrifice is really from, from what I am I'm understanding it's not a sacrifice it's a gift and a gift to be able to share the best that you have with another cachet of generations and to see them grow and develop and, and take what they've learned and apply that to their families. And I guess along that line, how is that transferring over into your business, that lesson, if you will, over into your business to your business listeners and your business family? I think more so, you know, we, we obviously took in that role to be, um, take guardianship over our nieces and nephews. So it was about giving back. How can we help our young ones? How can we put them on the road of success? And so I've tried to take that same philosophy in business and who can I help? How can I assist? You know, because a lot of people want things, they want to achieve things, but sometimes they don't know how to do it. They don't know what path to take. They don't have that, you know, that maybe that mentorship. So I've always tried to, you know, in the business world, work with my team members, my business partners, and say, hey guys, you know, we, you might be in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself. We're here together as a team. Mm -hmm. That's why my company's name is Team X88. That team is 
together everyone achieves more. So um, a concept I've always lived by. I love it. I love it. And then speaking of business, um, you know, JJ, I want you to share if you can, um, you know, all the things you're doing right now, because I, I listen, I, I applaud you because you have some really great things going on. <laughs> I know you're speaking now. You've got some great things that you're doing around that. Um, you're a part of some businesses. You've got your own business going. I, I mean, can you share, uh, you know, what you're doing and, and better yet, how can people work with you? Yeah, good question. Well, I tell you first, you know, right after I retired from the NFL, and, I, and here's a myth buster because everybody thinks NFL players are financially set for life when their career is over, but <laughs> there's a very small number that fits in that category, and I wasn't one of them. So I, but the money I did make, I dove into traditional businesses. I own three different businesses, and I ran those businesses for about nine years. They were in the medical and the health and wellness. Um, industry and but then I made a switch about eight years ago because I wanted more control control over what I do who I work with and my income earning potential and then I fell in love with network marketing and um, I work with a company called Isogenics uh, some great health and wellness products but they give me the platform to accomplish part of my mission my mission is to help people live healthier lives physically mentally and financially so I'm able to do that with Isagenics, but now being a best-selling author, um, as well as launching my keynote speaking career, I can accomplish that goal because now I have all these three components working together. And I love it because I get to help people. That's my job. How can I make you better physically, mentally, and financially? I love it. And, and, and what a great gift. Um, in fact, uh, you know, I watch you on Periscope, and uh, you know you do some exercises. And you know, next time you got to give me a heads up because I, I want to mm -hmm. make sure I have my uh, my stuff on that I can you know really <laughs> start to partake in, in some of those things. Um, you know, again, amazing career in in the NFL. Uh, came out of the NFL, started some businesses. You know, figured out that you know wanted to do more, but you wanted to have some freedom as well and be able to go anywhere. And, and you're doing that. And uh, you said eight years ago, which, you know, you look back on when you first got started, you know, if you can share, what were some of the hurdles, you know, doing that? And, and you know, so everybody on the uh, 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 listening today can hear um, what they might relate to, because I, I know a lot of people might be in that same boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the initial hurdle was when I first retired, I was so excited because I was so hungry when it came to launching my second career because I was one of those players who was planning for life after football in year three because I didn't think I'd play nine years. So I was always planning for it. And so I dove into the business world and, and I learned some valuable lessons right away. One is I spreaded myself too thin. I was trying to have multiple businesses at the same time. They were all out of state, which made its own challenge. And and I quickly learned that, you know, one, focus on one thing and master that and be a professional at that before you decide to expand. The other thing I learned is you have to be there every day. Have a business that you can touch, that you can actively be involved in. Because I tell you, there is definitely some challenges from Oregon to Kansas City and Oregon mm -hmm. to uh, uh, Atlanta. Um, so, so that was definitely a learning experience. And then, and then lastly, do a little more research, do more research because I think two of the companies I had 
were med in the medical industry. One was a durable medical equipment company, and two were physical therapy clinics. Great idea. I could help people get healthy, but I had to fight with Medicare all the time. Mm -hmm. And I have no control over Medicare. Nope. <laughs> you know, it was a battle I could not win. So, um, but yeah, I learned a lot. But, but those experiences, guys, launched me into what I'm doing today. And it better prepared me for the avenue that I'm on now. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah, you, you talk about launching. And I think a, a lot of business people out there, whether or not they have an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur can be somebody that's an employee now and eventually have something later, or if that's just their mindset. But that launching that you're talking about, I think is key because most people never launch. Most people never really get out and do what that, that extra little piece, that commitment, that accountability to get out there and to create that piece. Um, how, how, What's a what's a big aha moment for um, some of the people that that make that leap? What do they have to do to be able to make that leap individually? Is it something that can be taught, or is it something that comes from inside? I think it's a combination. I mean, you definitely need. I think you always need a mentor. I mean, you need someone who's walked the road that you're 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 beginning to walk. And in the NFL. What all the teams I was on, I always latched onto the experienced wide receiver, that veteran. Who can I learn from? Same as in the business world and, and what I do today. I think that's key. But the other part, I think, and I, one of my favorite qualities I talk about when it comes to success is discipline. It's really, discipline is the master key. Because a lot of people dream it, a lot of people want it, but a lot of people aren't willing to do what it takes. So once they decide they're willing to hit the switch, how disciplined can you be? It's what, the way I describe discipline is the ability to do what you need to do, when you need to do it while no one is watching. And that mm -hmm. transfers in the Perfect. sports world, in the business world, mm -hmm. personal development world. That's what it comes to. And so I like to ask someone, okay, how bad do you want it? Great. How hard are you willing to work? And it's kind of like a sift and sort process. You're sifting and sorting with some of your business partners, and some are serious and some aren't, but it at least gives you an idea of who are the ones that really want it and how you can support them appropriately. Absolutely. Rubber meets the road, and that's really especially true in network marketing, which is kind of my bailiwick and my background um, a, a lot of years in that, and I found that to be true, too. It doesn't really matter how much you give and how much you deliver and the value that you have. It's will that person really go to work, whatever that work means for them, once they're gone, or will they take it home and find an excuse or, or find uh, you know uh, a reason to, to not do something? And you know, it's it's a challenge. Any kind of entrepreneurship's a challenge. But if you can find, if they like it enough, if they want to do it enough, for whatever that reason is, they'll find the work ethic to make it happen. Yeah, and I think for me, I had an advantage being a professional athlete because when you go from high school to college and then the pro, it's a huge jump. You know, mm -hmm. and for an athlete, it's in our DNA: discipline. You know, determination, commitment, being coachable, all that stuff. And those are some attractive qualities in the business world. You know, and that's why I think it's been um, easier for my wife and I to make the transition because if I know in order to be successful, I have to do this, well, I'm going to do it. 
Right. I don't have to depend on anyone else. Right. It's me. I always say it's you versus you. <laughs> mm-hmm. The person you see in the mirror, mirror, that's the guy who's accountable. That's it. That's it. And, you know, I talked about that this morning. And, um, you know, when you get up, we all, we all have, you know, really two things in, in life that um, I think are very important. And, and, you know, one is being happy. Uh, you know, I think we all carry that common trait. And the other is that, you know, we all get up in the morning and look in that mirror. And, you know, that's the one person you cannot lie to. It's an, actually an impossible task if there is one. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I think you uh, you nailed it. You know, as we're coming, uh, you know, to an approach. And listen, JJ, we'd love to talk all day. Uh, you're an amazing guy. And you've obviously got a lot of amazing things happening. Uh, listen, I want everybody to know how they can, A, get in touch with you, B, how they can work with you, and C, I hope you come back on. <laughs> well, C, absolutely. absolutely I'll be <laughs> but uh, the best way to, to connect with me is my website, www.jjburden.com. Uh, I pretty much have everything on there that I'm doing, that I'm involved with, and, and that's the best way to work with me there because there's a lot of people that reach out to me and say, how can I connect with you? How can I work with you? Say, go to my website. Fill out the information, the, the you know your details, and I'll connect with you, and I'll see how we can work together. But that's also the best place to buy my book. I mean, it's it's on the other um, you know sites like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but I've only allowed them to carry the ebook, the nice. the, the paperback you get from my website because I guys I'm still personally signing each book. Oh, sweet. Uh, I don't know how long I would do that, but right now, I'm still pushing the sun And I'm all over social media under the name JJ Burden, everywhere, the same username. I love it. And, and I mean, you heard it here. You want a signed copy, you got to get it uh, right here uh, at jjburden.com. Super excited. You know, the ebook, listen, you know, you get a paperback copy in your hand. This is, you know, this is gold. And I can feel it, and I can feel the energy from it because, J.J., you put some really great stuff into it. You told your story. You know, you condensed your story, and um, you got some really great stuff that people can learn from. And, you know, I always pass it off to, uh, to Alan to, to wrap it up. You know, but before we do so, J.J., you know, leave us with something that, you know, one thing that you can, uh, you know, leave with, the, you know, the audience today mm-hmm. that, you know, again, is, 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 is your secret. I'll say this. One of the greatest pains in life is woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's regret. Here's what people need to do. You don't want to be a part of that statistic. Seize the opportunities that come your way. Make sure you really want it. Mentally prepare yourself, willing to put into work, Go find someone to mentor you and just go show up. Because no matter what happens in the end, as long as you get 100% effort, you'll be able to hold up your head high and know you gave your best. Super. Wisdom. I love that. Thanks for being raw and real, JJ. That's awesome. Um, you know, Chris, it's been fantastic. Questions are, are, are wonderful. JJ, what an honor 
to have you on the show. Um, I, I, it's been great. It's been great getting to know you. I want to spend more time with you. You and I grew up in the same part of town. We're we're the same age. I'm sure we've got a lot of stories. We're not gonna we're not gonna burden the uh, listeners with today. But um, we we want you back on. I, I know you come back on. Uh, it's been great. Thank you so much. We'll get this uh, produced and get it out there so that the audience can listen to it. Get you access to to share with everybody. And um, we really appreciate your time and your talent, sir. Well, thank you, too, gentlemen. I appreciate you. And, Chris, thanks for the connection. Alan, it's great to meet with you. And, you know, guys, keep doing what you're doing. You're, sp- you're spreading positive messages through different sources. And a lot of people need that positive message. So keep up the good work. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, Alan. You know, thank you, everybody listening in. We look forward to next time. And, uh, everybody, have a great, uh, have a great day. And as I always say, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.